Hello, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition of the State of Innovation podcast, powered by the Illinois Science and Technology Coalition. I'm Austin Green, uh, one part of our two-host tandem here with uh, Toby Alajajo. Toby is our Innovation Program Coordinator here at ISTC, and I am our Lead Data Intern. And this week, we are super excited to have El Rommel as our guest on the pod. I'm sure we will be digging deeper into her background and role as the Chicago lead for the Get Cities Initiative, but Elle is and has been a leader in the Chicago economic development community. Uh, she has an extensive background in urban planning, obtaining a, de- a degree from Yale and an advanced degree from Cambridge, and has been part of a number of initiatives in the Chicago area to create opportunities for underserved and underutilized regions, communities, and groups. Get Cities is currently operating in two other cities alongside Chicago in Miami and D.C. And in Chicago, Elle and her team are working towards creating a template as to how to utilize local partnerships and organizing to promote the interest of women within the tech space. Elle, uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And I just kind of wanted to start the conversation with the fundamentals, um, kind of talking about what um, Get Cities is up to, um, what equity looks like within the Chicago tech space. And I was just kind of wondering, could you kind of elaborate a little bit about uh, what that shift from equality to equity looks like in the Get Cities framework? Sure. Thank you, Austin. Um, So delighted to be here. Um, As Austin mentioned, I represent the Chicago office of a three-city, five-year initiative called Gender um, Equality in Tech. Um, So really focused on women, non-binary empowerment in the tech ecosystem, education, technical workforce, and entrepreneurship. Um, I think that's a really great point, Austin, around equity. So first of all, just for some quick statistics, very similar to the national index, uh, women non-binary, about 26% of the tech workforce um, in kind of the economy with uh, the intersectional lens of black and Latinx, uh, women being about 7%. So small numbers, we have ways to go. Uh, I really like that focus on equity because um, I don't even think it's about the numbers. Uh, a lot of the work I do in Chicago is the lived experiences. So the quality of a job, the comfort and authenticity of how you can be at a job. Um, so I think that's where equity comes in is, is like that experience equitable and inclusive. Yeah, it's a great, I, I really appreciate you mentioning that Al, because it was funny when we were kind of coming up with these questions, I was like Google searching gender equity and equality kept coming up. And I was like, no, 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 I need you to understand Google. This is what I mean. <laughs> um, because there is so much more in regards to equity and I'm sure you have a slew of experiences that have hit home for you when it comes down to why this work is important to you. And, um, you know, I would love to to know, you know, at what point for you would you say your passion for this kind of work really began? Sure. So um, as uh, I think was referenced, I do have an economic development background. Um, I was an urban planning major. And then my first internship, I landed in the economic development office. And my boss was like, it's okay, you won't do curb cuts and like cul-de-sacs, you're gonna do jobs and buildings, okay. Um, And so I think what I've really seen over my time in government, nonprofit and the private sector is uh, just soberingly the ways investments and economic decisions are made in um, 
a way that does not benefit all communities in the same way. Also, I think, uh, you know, just making sure to always stay true to the fact that neighborhoods deserve clean water, good housing, mm-hmm. great schools, places for people to live and eat in restaurants, eat in a restaurant. Um, and so that really fires me up because, uh, you know, one of the most interesting, like I worked with a, co- a bunch of teenagers a couple years ago and, you know, I asked them like what their favorite place in their neighborhood was. Um, and frankly, a lot of the North side kids, you know, had a lot of different places to stay. Right. And um, some of the kids from more Southwest side, but they mentioned the park and maybe they mentioned like the hot dog stand. Um, thank yeah. God the parks, thank God parks are everywhere. But when you think about like opportunities for people to, to use uh, amenities and work and live in their neighborhoods, it can be very different. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned investment there because that's, that is something that we at ISTC are definitely very interested in and our, our startup survey that we do each year um, from 2015 to 2019 suggested that uh, some of our startups that were um, founded at our state universities and founded by women uh, that had a female-led um, uh, organization, they were more likely uh, to attract external funding in those years between 2015 and 2019 than the average startup. So uh, that's something that's really exciting for us. And I, I wondered, you know, that is the good news side, but what, where are the gaps that are still existent with, in terms of funding for entrepreneurs in Chicago, particularly women, um, non-binary uh, people that are uh, trying to start um, businesses there? Yeah, so the current rule of thumb is when this program started in 2020, for every $100 a male founder, a male white founder raised in Chicago, a woman raised $2.60. So even doubling that number is just like, I hope we get to five, $5 for every 100. Um, and let's be free, like Frank, like we're a city of like a couple of unicorns right now, really proud of it. But like every time there's a unicorn, as a billion dollars that, you know, women and BIPOC founders are trying to also catch up towards. Um, so I think that's one thing to just think about is like the numbers already, it's pretty small, right? Um, we do have a lot of women founders that come out of Chicago. One thing that I'm passionate about working on at Get Cities this year is focusing on the experience of a woman non-binary founder at a stage. So we're focusing on the seed founder stage, which is about women non-binary that have raised between 250,000 and 4 million to you know at, at this point because what we're finding is i think it's it's a there's a lot of programs in the ecosystem start a business you know but when you're you're in that tranche that's like institutional capital capital from the the coast capital from the world it gets a lot harder and i think what we're trying to learn at get cities is do those women move away do they stay here and you know, what are their, what are their struggles? And frankly, we're finding an ecosystem. It's like, it's, it's, it's a bit of an unknown. We're trying to learn more mm-hmm. about what we can do to bridge that gap. Um, Cause there really aren't that many candidly globally women unicorns. Right. So, um, and, and I think that's something that Chicago can really think about is, is growing and supporting the businesses that already exist. Right. I, I think the point about like getting to that point of the unicorn it's a it's a step by step like brick by brick journey, um, and I know Get Cities is specifically concerned with creating those pathways at an early stage, right? Even beyond, you know, just founder and funder, um, you also work within the context of like college, right? And I'm sure even thinking more so about like high school and like how to get 
women in STEM in these spaces at an early stage and letting them know what's possible and, and helping them see that representation. Um, within that work, you know, where have you been seeing the most impact or, you know, what areas are you most excited about across these different areas? Is it like the university support? Is it the venture capital? Like which, I guess, which uh, pathway would you say you're most excited about or seeing the most growth? Thank you, Toby. So Get Cities, uh, in, uh, we stay true to two frameworks. One is the professional journey. Typically, we're focusing on higher ed and um, I would say to board seat. Um, though we acknowledge that we have a lot of, you know, with ISCC, like a lot of allies in the, that operate in more of the high school space. And then the entrepreneurial journey is from like that start of an idea, inception of an idea to an IPO or to wherever that company, you know, you want to be a billionaire and not sell your company. It's uh, your choice. Um, there are a lot of great programs in Chicago. Um, we have a systems map. We've been mapping all the different programs along like that, those two journeys. I think actually a lot of the work that Get Cities is going to do is the conversion and the, the the tracking of people between different programs. So I always try to talk to, um, you know, philanthropy, philanthropists and corporations that, you know, let's say they run a, or help a robotics team at a high school. Mm-hmm. Well, the chances are that that woman non-binary individual is exposed to robotics, gets really excited about it. In 10 years, they probably could be a great mechanical um, engineer or work in AI. Um, but what we're, what we're seeing is like, there's, there's almost like disparate attempts at a high school program and then maybe those students go to college and then the college program i hope they've got something where they land in a the, the company but the knowledge of like the, the the journey is less known so you know i'm almost fascinated like cps computing for all like i think one of the best projects we'd ever do is like where where is everyone that got exposed to computing for all now are they in illinois right. are they on the east coast should we put a fair of different job opportunities at different colleges on the East Coast? I'm not sure, but if we're going to be investing as a city economy in all of these early programs, you know, it's not that many, you know, individuals in that that CS, information science, data science space. I think this is something our city could could more unify around and, and just really have a knowledge of where people are going. And if, if they're moving to another market, like, well, maybe we have a pretty savvy campaign about, you know, the opportunities in our city, but I think that the knowledge of like where people are between those stepping stones is what I'm fascinated about. Yeah. Quick yeah. follow up with that. When in your journey, right? Like you started at, you started more so at that economic development space, but if you were to like speak to that younger Al Ramel, right? Where would you, alongside your peers as well, where would you say that specific seed would have been planted or should have been planted? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't even underscore the importance of like internships in college. Cause that's where my, uh, I was like off to the races at like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, candidly, I was in the Chicago children's choir growing up. I was in a lot of theater. I was going to do something with like business and arts. Um, and then I got to college and I got offered an internship, you know, one of those unpaid research in the library, uh, in Chicago, um, internships where I studied, um, I was going to work on a documentary, but the documentary happened to be on this guy, Daniel Burnham, he was an urban planner, okay. 1893 World's Fair. So, um, I mean, I got hit with that pretty, I guess not super early, but you know, I grew up in cities, but you know, at 19 and then I was obsessed. I was obsessed with cities. I was obsessed with how they all work. Um, and I think that, uh, I had the resources and, you know, a really strong university where, I had the ability to take those classes. And um, I also joke that all urban planners, like no one's parents ever forced someone to be an urban planner. <laughs> right. So like you also meet all these like hustlers who are like, 
all obsessed with like we're all like the city nerds yeah and so i think that also helps me because we're swapping notes and comparing notes like so um i was much more of a free-for-all like choose your own adventure kind of career okay um what i think i try to impart especially in the workforce side for computer science graduates is a little bit more of that like buffet of options like you have so many opportunities right another thing we try to help on the workforce side is i'm only focused right now on the first five years of career because that's largely where the black and latinx women are i would say pre-management is is, mm-hmm. is a lot of that that workforce and i try to you know when, when you're a first generation student like you're just told to go get a job and like hopefully you'll retire in that job at like 70 we all know we're gonna have like 10 jobs because the world is different yeah, and i think trying to just like give them the knowledge that they're going to have so many different options and like to explore a little more. Uh, I hope to give that because I think in workforce, sometimes we're like job is done, got someone a job. We're good. Yeah. They might hate that job. They might be like, right, wait, I yeah. want to be a product manager. Wait, wait, I didn't know about data science. And so just, just try to give people like, you're going to have so many pathways and letting them know that, that I love- it's going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I love the idea of getting people as many tools. Uh, that's that's the idea is is providing those resources that allow those conversions to happen is is an amazing amazing initiative that you guys are working on. I'm um, one thing I think that people forget often is that including more voices, uh, including uh, more diverse perspectives, uh, and paying people equitably uh, doesn't just result in better employee satisfaction. Obviously, it takes a job that they're uh, passionate about, and, and you want to make sure that you're finding people into roles that they're going to be interested in and uh, passionate about. But we know that including more diverse perspectives also improves outcomes for businesses. And L, in your role, where, where are businesses really um, succeeding with with diversity? Where is it that these equitable opportunities that they're offering to women are are benefiting the landscape? Um, and kind of, can you share a little bit about some success stories that you've seen or uh, some just general positive stories that um, go to um, providing equitable out- outcomes for women in uh, STEM in Chicago? That's a great point, Austin. So we're in the second year of my uh, my career in this role. Um, and one, one thing that I've taken the approach on is actually an employee-centered um, design and programming um, effort. And so uh, I'm actually in a very, you know, maybe it's a longer learning stage, but I've actually decided to invest my understanding of like the lived experiences of the employees of these tech, um, tech professionals. Um, and so I actually uh, still learning. And what I what I really do believe is I want to offer, um, you know, in like bowling, there's like the bumpers on the like the gutter, like you know, like the, you can bounce on the bumpers. I want to yeah. be like that bumper. Oh. So like I want to create mentorship, like those those kind of like citywide employee resource group resources outside of a company to then also learn and give the the actual women non-binary individuals the time to talk to each other and say hey like have you thought about this job oh I work there it's it's a great company but as I get to learn that better my hope is almost like a net migration is my learning of like oh it's interesting that everyone from company A is now moving to C and like they tend to stay at C and like oh they're getting promoted at C um so that's actually my approach right now is more just like watching the whole system because my KPI is more about systems-wide tech retention and job growth so I'm actually very agnostic to where you work as long as you're flourishing. I might learn that everyone wants to be, a, like, frankly, a tech consultant. And like, how can I help you be a tech consultant? I don't know if that's the, tr- that's the true nature of it. But I ran a fellowship my first year for 20 tech professionals. Um, 
we had we had a lot of job changes because it was the first job. I don't know if you've been in your first job. Like, wait a minute, there's another job. And so I'm I'm trying to use that learning to then understand what are some of the best practices I can glean and pick up. Um, one of the biggest baseline that I know is like a company's already ahead of others. If they get on a call with me and their DEI officer can tell me the number of women and BIPOC individuals at their company, like that's like a baseline, you know, and you're still not seeing that at every company. And so my question is like, can you really make a change in the, the diversity, equity, inclusion space? If you're not even sure of like the numbers per department. And so, yeah. or just have that, or just have that comfortably and readily available. So something like that. Um, you know, another thing I think we're really working on for next year is mentorship training, like intentional mentorship. So, um, I think there's a lot of companies that offer mentorship, but are those mentorships like trained in a way that they are capable? They know what the deliverables are. It's a set amount of time. So again, it's more about just like understanding the best practices and we're a small and mighty team. That's why I like working with ISDC and others to be like, what are you guys seeing? But hopefully, you know, every company is struggling with this and hopefully we can start capturing some of the, the best practices. But right now I'm just trying to learn from these, these individuals. Mm -hmm. And what do you, I love the fact that, you know, there's this specific target on each side, right? Um, and the em employee journey, as you mentioned, is something that uh, I think goes unnoticed. It goes overlooked in many cases. Um, as you've been having some of these conversations what have been some of those? I know you've mentioned things like it's been their first job and a lot of like, oh, I didn't know this was possible. But what are some of the other things that you've been noticing um, that you've been seeing as kind of trends among the employee journey? Yeah, so one of the more sobering ones is we've been having um, these cohorts of different individuals from tech backgrounds. First of all, I really want that Ocean's Eleven model, like the data scientist meets the software developer meets the product manager. Yeah. Because the chances are that you're, you're going to meet before management level is very low, especially with like a remote work, right? Like you're a Python developer, you're pushing code up. Like you're probably not like colliding with the UI UX designer as much as we think you are. So number one, I think that's been a really good thing we've been finding to celebrate. The other one is a lot of um, the tech workers that I've been engaging with have said that they, um, in their new role, very different from their friends and family that might not have these types of roles. So they don't really have anyone to talk to about these questions. They have their jobs. Like we said, tech is more of a, like a crazy, you're running around doing different jobs over your lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, and so having someone to talk to as well. Um, I think also like, this isn't only my first wave. My second wave is like, obviously a man, first line manager, you at some point in the journey, you'd want an uninterrupted level of like near stage peers yeah. and mentors because having a mentor that's a CEO when you're like the first job is okay. But like, if you have someone that's like straight up, this is like how you get that promotion and you like run a team of three, mm -hmm. that's what people are like thirsting for. They want that. And they want people that also like have similar backgrounds or like, you know, they, they know what it's like to be like, I can't do expenses for my own personal bank account. I don't have that kind of money. So right. they need that kind of lived experience, not just like, it's going to be great. Like, you know, and my thing was like, I want this citywide resource because what if you are the only black woman software developer at your company? Yeah. You can't it's tough. like, but if there are hundred of you at hundred separate companies, like let's bring you together. Mm -hmm. like right. maybe that's like the lateral ally you need to like keep going i come from civic and government yes i'm in one job but i'm in other jobs my friends are moving around other jobs i did a bunch of fellowships when i was in my 20s where like i have these allies i can call and be like yo what's up with that office or like 
hey, do you think I could come work there? It looks awesome. What do you think about, you know, the Department of Housing or Department of Finance? And you need those people who can be like much more straight up with you about mm-hmm. what's going on that aren't in your company. Yeah, that's huge. I think there's a lot when it comes to, you know, I went to an HBCU, I went to Howard University, and that was something that I quickly understood after year one, really, you know, you started seeing all these like group chats that were specifically made for like, hey, there's an internship happening here. And then you had alumni who've been there before who were like, hey, this is what I went through. This is what I saw. And you being able to have that representation like at hand at your disposal, um, being able to leverage that is like everything. So within the career standpoint, especially in such a hustle bustle city like Chicago, you know, we're very connected, but there are still silos where you're like, what's going on over there? I've seen a lot of cool things, but I want to make sure it's right for me, you know? And I know one of the things that you are specifically, you talked about it earlier, systems, Um, shifting gears a little bit back to more of like the civic aspect of the work that you do. Um, You are, you did a little digging and we, we know you're a founder as well. And um, not the, not that kind of digging, but and Austin was even reading my bio and I was like, I don't even remember sending all that. I'm very impressed, Austin. <laughs> we try to make it enjoyable. You know, we want to make sure we're getting the good questions. Um, That's right. We found that um, we, we saw a little bit of the work that you do with um, an organization that you lead called City Open Workshop. And um, it's a really amazing civic led spatial justice. There's so many opportunities in regards to community engagement um, that you've created with this team. Um, and we were just, you know, curious, what made you come up with that idea for such an important initiative? How did you pull those individuals in the room and get it to a place now where it's like, you know, becoming a staple in communities and something that can actually impact lives? Yeah. And I mean, just straight up, like the stuff I do now, it's not that different from City Open. So like, I'm just, I think one thing, like maybe career advice for anyone listening is like, just kind of do the thing you do well. And like, you know, maybe change the industry but it's the same Mm -hmm. um it really came up pretty similar right you want like a group of community that shares your values and wants to like do bomb projects together um i met a urban designer six years ago who's like now one of my best friends paola i think also when you do founding find people like you know good date around look for some chemistry founder chemistry um because that's important um and we she was an urban designer and i was a economic development planner so like I'm like the bullet list person she's like the markers on the paper circle things um so very different styles and we said isn't it a shame that people from different parts of the built environment like building architecture design they don't get to collaborate with each other before it's like on a schedule yeah very similar to what I do with like the data science and the product manager so we're like well let's just start having these meetings where we all just meet and we think about i mean it was a hot mess in the first year it was like what project should we do and we we're just like sitting around like what project should we do and then we made sure every six months to have like a forum with everyone who attended and be like what would we improve and we were just really trying to make that community about the people coming so like mm-hmm. we didn't i mean we had networks and we invited our friends and we bought some pizza but people the people who came made the group evolve And so same with what I do now is like whoever I'm adding to this group intentionally, they evolve the experience of the total group. And so then we also were like, okay, V2, we should probably have some community organizations, like what are actual problems they want solved? Right. And then that started this whole like pro bono sort of like, these were young 
planners and designers hungry for something besides like building a Chinese skyscraper window. I mean, you look right. at the market, like it's the same with like young coders. Like they're just like pushing code. They don't even know where it's going, but if you give mm-hmm. them like this community project and then we just started doing thematic work. So we're like, all right, we're going to do future churches. We're going to do on open farms. Um, and then we just got littered on these topics to the point of there was one year we were working on accessory dwelling units. If you guys need to know anything about building a unit in your basement, in your garage, like I know too much, but we actually helped this, the, the department of planning, like as a grassroots unpaid organization, like format their policy. And we had a bunch of designers design these like really cool infographics. So like the planning department could take them around and people be like, Oh, that's what a, that's what it would look like. Hmm. Um, and that was cool. Um, and we could move fast COVID recovery, uh, Paul and I are also a bit like very stubborn people. So, you know, I felt like the restaurants should have a guide for how to reopen and design their spaces. And, you know, we got, I called 10 architecture firms and we got together and we offered like open design office hours for small businesses. We're scared. Um, but that was only after five years of building trust and mobilization. So it's also it's also slow in the beginning, but then it's like lightning fast at the end. So like, mm-hmm. you know, as we said, like we're learning, I'm building trust. I want to have authentic spaces, but five years from now, like, you know, people can move a lot faster because they have like these community norms. They have a trust space. Um, and that's, what's exciting. It's like a little bit more of a ramp up. Yeah. I love that. Cause it is, there is a lot of the building trust in the beginning. And I know sometimes for like the doers of the world, the people who like, see a vision and want to get it done it can be a little bit you know impatient in the beginning um and I wonder for you was that some were were those some of those things that you kind of had to work through in the beginning or I guess what are some of those stories that kind of made you like oh I do have to kind of take the time to like build this and and make sure I'm understanding the needs before I'm like just jumping in yeah, I mean, I think that's that was what was great about learning with City Open is like it was no one was being paid. So like people were only going to come back if they were like able to participate. But I had to be really creative about like participate a little because it's like the volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also right sizing the expectations of what I'm, I can ask the community. And also to be I actually think there's something about like repeatable and predictable format. People like, you know, I think about ritual and like community ritual. So like we opened with norms. We had a hello presentation. Yeah. We, people always knew like kind of the format. There was always a speaker from a cool new initiative. Um, and we didn't try to change that up too much because people were like, I come for my pizza. I do this right. thing. And like the indirect effects were like a lot of people got hired. Um, I have two friends that met met through it that like are together. You know, like you, you don't know the indirect right. effects of a community. You never know. And I think so many times with these like uh, programs we design everyone's so nervous about like the direct effects but like it's also just being realizing like you know I'm putting all these people together from the tech workforce in Chicago I don't know what 10 years from now is going to bring um mm-hmm. frankly the people that right now work at real business in Chicago blend etc we were all in fellowships together when we were 23 so you don't know yeah. and that's why it also is patient yeah I, I love this conversation. I, I just wanted to tell you that we really appreciate the commentary you're offering here. And uh, I just want to say like on the nourishing communities, combining networks, uh, talking shop and the city open workshop, um, you know, you talked about building trust and it's clear you have a passion uh, for, like we said, merging those networks. 
Um, I wanted to give you the platform to kind of give us some more pluggables of yours or uh, any type. You mentioned the fellowship program at Get Cities that was started in your first year and some of those recent mentorship training programs. Are there any other pluggables, any upcoming news and events within the Get Cities ecosystem that the ISTC community should know about? Yeah, so um, I think it's actually really exciting. I think I'm going to be working a lot with ISCC, especially Venture Engines. Thanks, Toby. Um, we are pretty close. We've been interviewing, we've um, interviewed 10 seed founders, all women non-binary. Um, we're calling it Seed Founder Chicago, and it's part of the Tech Equity Working Group, which is 10 incubator accelerator, like advocacy programs, and 10 funds. ISCC is actually one of our uh, like amazing members. Um, and I've been lucky enough to work with Colleen Egan and Toby, where these 10 seed founders have indicated their interest in engaging more with corporate um, corporate groups, whether that's your funding, but sometimes they, you know, they're interested in eventually being bought as a product. They, you know, uh, one of my groups, Bake It Box, like, they just want to be in every Christmas, you know, corporate, you know, Christmas corporate gift. Um, and so we're going to be collating that group of founders and like really showcasing them and saying, we want to learn as an ecosystem can these founders raise more money if we and get more context and get more marketing if we're unified as a city? And then can we replicate that where is, if a founder is at a seed founder level, like is Chicago repping them in a way that they like get all the global attention? Right. So I'll be sending that list out to ISCC at some point, anything that we can collaborate as a community with your community to support. But, you know, again, like this 10 is only the microcosm of just like, are we, can we be ethically starting more companies if we if we can't get them through this stage? So I want us to all be confident that we as a city can get these founders through this like really tough valley of fundraising. Um, and I'm excited to work with you guys. Likewise. Well, the feeling is certainly mutual. Yes. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elle, thank you so much for your time. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you about all things happening in both your world and the world that you um you know, create so much impact in and we're excited for the future. We're excited for what you have in store and um, how we can, again, support and align alongside you. So with that, we are grateful for your time. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, have a great rest Thanks, of your guys. day. Thank you so Take much, Joe. Bye, Austin. Bye, Toby. Bye. Bye.